0: righty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Thursday morning, and we are on the cusp of the beginning of week number ten. We are past the halfway point. Wiz, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, doing doing well. Uh, getting ready for week ten. A lot a lot of unpredictability coming into this week. Uh, concussion stuff. COVID stuff Uh, and and the moves are tonight in just about every league um, at least I mean we know that uh, a bunch of leagues that we're in have waiver wire pickups Tuesday and Wednesday but in every league there's uh, pickups tonight uh, as well and uh, this is a lot of stuff to try and uh, way through uh, as far as pickups go, because there's just so much unpredictability.
0: Yeah, and we were early, with uh, last week uh, You know, on, on Odo Beckham Jr. We covered it. Uh, we said that most likely he was just going to end up getting dropped. That's what ended up happening. We'll see where he ends up. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen um, anytime soon, but I think for some speculators there will be, you know, depending on where he lands and... and, and You and I can both speculate on on, on which places, you know, both long and short term benefit uh, both the team and his situation. But I don't think he's going to come away making a lot of money right here, right now. But, uh, you know, there are all these people running around the league wearing these Odell Beckham uh, uh, white shirts. And, you know, not not for anything. You know, player's been hurt for a long time. Uh, He's got a big mouth. Uh, I, I would like to see him use his talents and and keep his mouth shut and, and a team utilize him properly, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, to your point on COVID, you know, uh, really funny Wiz, I was thinking about this. You know, everybody's making a big deal about the way Aaron Rodgers was kind of. Grown out his hair and all this kind of stuff. And supposedly he was doing that for a Halloween costume. And at the end of the day, what ended up happening, he goes to him and Lazard, go to this party, whatever the hell he was dressed up as, I have no idea. But basically because they're unvaccinated players, they broke the rules uh, in terms of how they were supposed to be conducting themselves in public in terms of crowds and stuff like that. And, you know we talked about this about jeopardizing other players but you know covid is still around and it's going to it's going to be affecting teams week in and week out we saw it last week right before the vikings took the field harrison smith tested positive he didn't play in the game it's just Look, it's not going away, right? And that, and that, and that's the bottom line. But you know, we, we we spoke at length about Aaron Rodgers last week. We spoke about Beckham. You know, we were early on that. Uh, Wiz, one thing I do want to talk about though, last week, you know, you had a. I, I don't know what you're thinking right now in terms of like Super Bowl teams and stuff like that, but. Number of really strong football teams lost games last week. Teams that were playing well, like the Bengals right now, who the hell knows what's going on there? The Raiders lose to the Giants. Um, the Cowboys get blown out by the Broncos. The Bills lose to Jacksonville. The Rams, no Derrick Henry, lose to the T- Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to figure out right now. You know, I guess I guess you have to say Arizona's still kind of at the top of the heap with the way Colt McCoy and they they won that game. Uh, they go to eight and one. I do want to say this, Wiz. When I look at the way the Packers, and and I know the Chiefs are playing like absolute crap right now, but the Packer defense is playing really good. And if you look at that game, that was a very winnable game. And Aaron Rodgers coming back to that team, if he can kind of – avoid the distractions of what just transpired. The Packers are shaping up, you know, to be the contender uh, against the, you know, between the Rams the, and, and the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think in the AFC, I, I really have no idea because the AFC is definitely a much weaker conference at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the thing with Green Bay is, you know, that's the one team – You know, football has changed and evolved over the years since we were watching as kids. But the one thing that has stayed true is Green Bay has a massive home field advantage come January in the playoffs. So for them to get the one seed is huge. As far as I'm concerned, the only team that I think the way their team is set up that could come into Green Bay in January and get a win against a good Green Bay team is the Bucs, because Brady is shown he's done that. They did that last year, and that team is not going to be concerned about the weather. But some of these other teams, I don't know, I'm concerned about like that L.A. team that's playing these beautiful conditions, and then all of a sudden, I know Matt Stafford's played in Green Bay every year since he's been in the NFL, but a lot of his other players on that team haven't. And I'm always dubious when a team plays in these perfect conditions and then they have to go outdoors they don't look comfortable even great players like drew Brees, to me they, they never look comfortable in those type of games because they're just used to playing in the cushy dome so in that situation and you have to believe that green bay would have won that game with aaron Rodgers. if that cost them the number one seed that's going to be a big big deal but to your point if green bay gets that number one seed that's a that's a real advantage yeah,
0: big time, and, I, and and you know we talk about late season football a lot, right? Early in the season, weather is really good. Uh, you don't have wind conditions, you don't have cold conditions. Uh, you mentioned cushy domes, and I think it's a disadvantage, even for some of these Florida players when they move up north. It's it's, it's a challenge, not for Tom Brady necessarily, but you know maybe for some of his teammates. I, I don't know. I think your point is well taken because Brady's not going to be impacted by that. Um, but you know the game changes when you get to December and January, and I think. You know, I think we'll see this too with even with the Green Bay Packers. You're going to have to be able to run the football in December and January. And I think the Packers have the perfect type of guy with when, when A.J. Dillon who will become much more of a force as the season kind of moves on as well for, for the Packers. But, but I agree, you know, being able to maintain home field advantage is one thing for, for, for the Cardinals to do it, for example, and, and to play in the Dome each and every game, or for the Packers to do it where you're kind of dealing with those adverse conditions. Uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a bigger story. I think we can say the same thing in the AFC with the Buffalo Bills. You know, nobody's going to really want to go to Buffalo uh, in in January and, and play playoff football, it's just hard to do. So uh, yeah, I mean,
1: you take yeah, I mean you take a you know just one example is like you know the Dallas Cowboys and they have some terrific skilled players and they're just playing in those beautiful conditions and then now you start forecasting them, you know are they going to be able to go in there like Eli Manning was uh, into Green Bay in in a, in, a, in a weather conditions that could make it you know below zero with the wind gust can they go in there and get a win that's why there's the way the nfl has changed it to one team getting the buy um is a big advantage not only playing one less game but also you know which team has that buy and if it's somebody like green bay or buffalo there, there there's a there's a this is a big advantage, as we talked about.
0: Yeah, and I think look, I, I look, I think there's a few teams to me that show me that, hey, you know, they can run the football very, very well. You know, certainly uh, a big loss for the Titans losing Derrick Henry. Um, you know, I mentioned AJ Dillon. I think he'll be, like I said, I think he'll be some some a team to watch. We know Nick Chubb. You and I both feel he's basically top three running back in this league. I think we could say the same thing about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and also, th- th- these those two teams are helped by tremendous offensive lines. So somehow the Browns can kind of rectify things and move themselves a little bit in, in the playoff picture. You know, just the way they play football, I think they're geared to play. That type of you know rough and tumble football that's necessary late in the season with the weather conditions, but when you have very strong offensive lines like both the Browns and the Colts do, you know that that makes those teams uh, a, a more difficult uh, obstacle to tackle, um, even even with a home field advantage. I would say.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Cleveland's going to be a different team in the second half of the year. That old Dal Beckham, I really do. I think that was just a a headache uh, that's been you know not really talked about much. People have tried to, you know, uh, push it, on, you know, to the side. But I think yeah, we're going back to last year and this year that they are just a better team without him. Um, and uh, I, I think the Cleveland Browns are a team to really keep your eye on second half of the year. I think with the, getting the, some of the defensive players back from injuries um, and Kareem hunt as well at some point, uh, they're, they're really an ascending team, I believe, in the second half of the year.
0: All right, that's a good segue, Wiz, as we go to wave a wire because uh, you know that that's a team that's going to be impacted. You mentioned COVID, you mentioned injuries, bye weeks, a lot of different things that we have to t- handle each and every week in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, well, let, let's start at quarterback. Um, you know, it's funny. I had a friend of mine last week. Um, he asked me, "Hey, uh, I'm in a bind at quarterback. Uh, I forget who it was who was off. Uh, the choice that he gave me, who to pick up for the week, was Trevor Simeon, Tyrod Taylor." Daniel Jones, uh, and I can't forget the last guy. Every single guy just absolutely had a horrendous week. Uh, but this is what you're up against uh, once in a while. Oh, oh the other guy was Brissett, So, you know, nobody nobody played particularly well. Uh, I don't know if you look closely at, at quarterback. You know, the one guy that maybe intrigues me who seems to be on a lot of waiver wires is Ben Roethlisberger. I know he's not 100%. Claypool's also banged up, probably not going to play this week, but they're playing the Detroit Lions. I mean, he's probably one guy that maybe if you're in a bind at quarterback, uh, maybe a guy that I would look at. I don't know what your feeling is on Garoppolo. I, I still see too much inconsistency from the player based on the talent around him. I, I think things, that, that offense should be much, much better than it is, much more consistent. I'm not saying Trey Lance would do that uh, at this point in his career, but those are two guys that maybe I'd look at on the waiver wire as a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not so high on Roethlisberger without Claypool. I, I just think that, that receiver core is, is really depleted, and I think as the weather gets colder, they're going to probably want ground and pound and maybe even do that more in this game against the Lions. I think in a lot of leagues there's a fair chance that Baker Mayfield is available. He's a guy that I, I really like. um, um Matt Ryan could have been a guy that when Calvin Ridley, you know, real, you know, the news came out that Calvin Ridley was going to not play anymore. or You don't know how much time he was in to He may have been dropped. So those are these guys uh, certainly at the top of my list. Um, you know, I, I'm assuming the Mac Joneses of the world are, are, are rostered. So, uh, you know, I, I think a guy that I would talk to would be Baker Mayfield if, if he's available in, in, in any leagues, uh, just because I, I, I just feel like Cleveland's going to be a lot better in the second half. But
0: um, Yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree with you. By, by the way, I, I think the Falcons have done some really good things the last few weeks. Matt Ryan's playing terrific football. Uh, they've found a way to use Cordaro Patterson, and that offense really didn't miss a beat without Ridley this week. You know, they got contributions from, from other people, and um, and Matt Ryan looked really terrific and, and played a great game on Sunday. So, um... Yeah, he
1: really did. He, he he lit them. He lit the Saints up um, in a big way. Absolutely so. If Ryan or Mayfield were available, those would be at the top of the list. I think, as you mentioned earlier, all those other guys are kind of like the same kind of. Situation, yeah. so there was nobody that I really would recommend.
0: Yeah, I would say this too about Roethlisberger. You and I both know it's clear as day to me at this point in time. First off, the player is is playing probably at about seventy percent. He can't get the ball down the field. We know that, and I think the other thing to me it's very obvious. I, I think Ben Roth and, and it's been it's been kind of mentioned a few times by a few of the pundits out there. But, but this is Ben Roethlisberger's last season in football. Uh, he'd like to you know take, take go off on a high note. I just don't know that the, the Steelers have the horses this year year but this is it for Ben Roethlisberger the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to find themselves a new franchise quarterback next year and you know again I I know I know Shailene Woodley is on the west coast whiz but if this kind of Green Bay thing doesn't work out and the offensive talent maybe a situation that Aaron Rodgers needs to look at
1: yeah I mean we'll have to We'll have to see how that plays out. How about uh, at running back? Who has your eye this week in terms of free agents?
0: Well, look, we had breaking news this week. Uh, I, I didn't like the way it was necessarily covered uh, by Adam Schefter, but the Dalvin Cook situation looks rather ugly when you look at the history. I, I know there's been some points made about this being a civil case, but Roger Goodell is going to look at this. I don't know how it's not a bigger deal already, um, but, you know, you look at some of the physical evidence that we've actually seen so far, and I think I guess it has to be looked at a little bit more closely uh, for validity by the NFL, but Alexander Madison, if he's on a waiver wire right now, absolutely should not be on a waiver wire because uh, you know the Dalvin Cook situation could make an ugly turn at any point in time. Uh, you, you and I have kind of. We picked up this player in the league. I've got him in a couple of leagues, but I know Le'Veon Bell is there. He scored a touchdown last week, but Devonta Freeman is, is, is the running back I'd rather own. Uh, he's around. I think you got to look at him. Ty Johnson, I've been talking about him basically since the preseason. seems like every time he gets a chance. Now, I know he did fumble last week, but he has scored multiple weeks in a row. He catches the ball well. Um, I think he's a guy that, if he's out there, can help teams in bye weeks we got to watch the Kamara situation. Um, Ingram should not be on any uh, waiver wires as well. Um, I thought, whiz, that Devonta Foreman looked better, a lot better, than any of the other running backs on the field last week for Tennessee. Uh, I'm watching that one closely. I think in a few leagues, uh, making a speculative ad on that player makes a lot of sense. Uh, Eno Benjamin with uh, we don't know how long that uh, – that uh, Chase Edmonds is going to be out. He's going to be filling in. You and I are also in a situation where we need a player in a pinch, Brandon Bolden, with this – this is for the week, really, but for the concussion protocol that both Stevenson and Damian Harris are going through, uh, we don't know if they're going to play on Sunday. I think he would be the best player to own on that team if that is the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are interesting things because – these are real speculative ads and, and there's a lot of guesswork. I mean, you're talking about three or four players that can get 20 to 25 touches this week. The Ernest Johnson. Yeah. I didn't Nick mention Chubb Johnson.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I didn't mention that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah,
1: the Ernest Johnson at the very top of the list If Nick Chubb can get two negative tests in 20, 24 hours apart from to return from COVID. He's get a tremendous amount of touches with Stevenson. Uh, and Damien Harris, both in concussion protocol, is a chance that Bolden could have a, a big day um, in terms of touches. If Zach Moss doesn't suit up with getting out of the concussion protocol, is a real chance Devin Singletary can have a lot of touches. Um, certainly the Kamara situation uh, with Ingram, that's another one. So th- this is difficult. It's Thursday. You got to put your moves in, and and these are really a lot of this is guesswork about the guy coming out of the concussion protocol or and COVID. How are you supposed to, you know, figure that out? So it's very very difficult. Alexander Madison, um, I just feel he should be rostered. If he's not, then I think you have to really consider putting as much of your free agent money on that player as you can to get him. I'm not sure how it plays out, but I just can't imagine that it's going to be a good ending unless all of this is made up or there's another side to it that hasn't been shown. It's a very difficult situation, especially as a Viking fan, to watch how this plays out. But I just feel there's a real reward there for Alexander Madison um if he if he gets the lion's share of the carries for the Vikings, and uh, that could be one that could be more than just one week, that could be many many weeks. So uh, those are all the guys at 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 running back, and there's just so much guesswork on a Thursday because, like we said, we don't know who's playing and who's not playing at all.
0: Yeah, very 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 difficult, very difficult. Um all right so how about wide receiver with uh, you know we've talked about Bateman for a while now we don't i mean I, by now he should be on a lot more rosters but uh, you know he continues to be become more of a focal point on that offense um i was going to mention Deontay Harris uh, from from New Orleans who has started to pick things up but two things bother me one if if Beckham uh, Jr ends up going there and the other thing, he has a pending DUI situation, which could get him suspended. So I'll avoid that player at this point in time. Russell Gage, um, I, I know, I know both Tajay Sharp and Russell Gage played the same amount of snaps last week. They're on the field for eighty percent of the time. You know, Zacchaeus got in the end zone twice, but only on three targets. Uh, I'd still rather own those two other players who are on the field uh, in a much more consistent manner. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones, who who looks like he's going to be the starter uh, in Cleveland going forward without Beckham, he's a player that I think warrants some attention. You know, we mentioned Claypool being out. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but maybe maybe some combination uh, of, of Washington, James Washington, or Ray-Ray McLeod, who's a little bit of more of a speedy guy. I guess the other guy I'd mention, too, with all those Dolphin receivers, we'll see it tonight, uh, being on IR. You've talked about him before. Uh, we'll talk about about the Thursday game a little bit, but Mac Hollins got in the end zone last week, and, you know, you're running out of pass catchers uh, for the Dolphins, and uh, he's a guy, it seems like he's productive. When he gets an opportunity,
1: yeah, I think I think the guys you mentioned um, are all good. The guy that you mentioned and is at the very very top of my list is Donovan Peoples-Jones for a lot of reasons. One, he is a very very talented player. Two. Now he's going to get a real opportunity. Three, I think the Browns are going to play better. And four, I think Baker Mayfield is going to play better. So I, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones at the very, very top of that list um, because I think he's going to play well and he's there's no, nothing or nobody in his way for opportunity. As far as of those other players, you're not quite sure who's going to come back with injuries and McLeod and Washington are pretty good pickups, but then they have each other to cancel each other out. Donovan people Jones uh, is the primary and priority pickup to be in wide receiver this week.
0: All right. Excellent. Liz. And uh, on to tight end, you know, you and I talked about this player a few weeks ago, um, uh, and he showed it again this past week. But Framuth, I mean, he should not be. I, he, Framuth and Dan Arnold, who we've been on for a few weeks are basically top five tight ends right now. Every single week, they're getting a lot of targets. They're producing, they're scoring. Uh, in the case of Fairmouth, he's scoring touchdowns. Roethlisberger's looking for him, you know, in key situations. I mean, you're talking about two guys right now that for the last three or four weeks have performed at top five level in terms of targets and production. So should not be available uh, on any waiver wires. I guess the only other player that I mentioned um, is, is that Adam Troutman seems to be finding his way into this offense a little bit more. He was on the field consistently in the last game uh, and, and starting to get looked at six targets last week. So that's about the only other guy that I would mention. It's a tough position. You got some guys coming back from injury shortly, like a Logan Thomas, for example, who's been out a while. I think the jets, maybe you want to watch that situation because Tyler Croft just went on the IR. So Ryan Griffin, maybe as a streamer type of thing in, in one of these leagues, but Tight end's been a tough position this year. A lot of injuries, a lot of underproduction. Uh, but again, those two first two guys I mentioned, I, I don't think they should be available in any league at this point in time. I think it's crazy if they are. Uh, but I just would mention Troutman is kind of, especially since he's had his bye week, but he's definitely was on the field. And actually, Jawan Johnson last week was inactive by the Saints.
1: Yeah, I agree with all, with all of what you said. just want to double back quickly to wide receiver, Just one guy that I forgot to mention. Uh, probably wasn't rostered because of how slow the start he had, but Elijah Moore could be a guy. Um, looks like Mike White is going to be starting for the Jets. Um, Elijah Moore, just doubling back to wide receiver, if he's available, should be a player to be looked at. He could be somebody that could get a lot of targets in the second half uh, as well. And um, yeah, agree with agree with all you said about tight end, um, you know, free of youth. um Dan Arnold, we, these are the usual suspects we've been talking about for weeks and weeks now. Um, I guess I'm one other guy,
0: there is one other guy, Wiz, I want to mention who's on by this week, but Cole Komet, Cole, Komet. Cole Komet's yeah. a guy that if, if you, if maybe some owners are sleeping and you need a tight end here, I, I, this is the week to kind of sneak him in there at tight end, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's on a bye week this week. So let's say you have, I don't know, um, I don't want to say like Gronkowski, you know, just a tight end. Maybe a Gronkowski or something like that, a tight end that you just don't know what is going to be the next few weeks and you want to make a, a preemptive pickup. Colcomit looks like he's getting more involved in that offense and, uh, and uh, if Justin Fields plays better, it bodes well for uh, Colcomit as well.
0: All right. Fantastic. All right. So that's a wrap up on uh, on waiver wires. So let's go to Thursday night football with the uh, Ravens and the Dolphins. Uh, you mentioned that you think uh, it's going to be Brissett this week at, at the quarterback for the Dolphins again. Um, so let's start with the DraftKings side of, of, the, of this game. Wiz, uh, why don't you kick us off there?
1: the draft kings i'm going to try and go for the you know maybe some unusual players or low-owned players where i'm getting ownership leverage and salary relief as well so a couple of players from the dolphins that i'm looking at matt collins we talked about um dervin Smythe is another player that i mentioned these are guys that have put up good games and had good games while the wide receiver core for the Dolphins has kind of been hurt for almost all of the year. So those are the guys that I'm looking at um, for the Dolphins. You know, a couple of guys, like I said, that I think are going to be low-owned um, and you're going to get a lot of salary relief. So Mac Hollins and Dermot Smythe. Um, the Ravens have had, have had a little bit of trouble covering tight ends, so I'm going to have Gasicki in my lineups as well. So those are the guys from the Dolphins. And then, of course, you have to have Lamar Jackson in there, um, the Freeman as well. Sammy Watkins is, I think, going to play tonight. So I'm going to mix it in some of those guys. But I'll be able to play all of the higher price guys because I'm going to have Collins and Smythe in my lineups as well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think Holland's 6,300, right? I think that's where it was. Um, I think Freeman was I, – I was surprised Freeman was as low as 9,900 uh, in terms of what he's getting. I would add Jalen Waddell to this mix as well because he's just getting the lion's share of, of targets in this offense. I don't, I don't disagree with you um, on what the Ravens have been unable to do in terms of defensively, and Mike Kosicki seems to be getting down the field um, at will, um, and especially when you think of the receivers uh, being uh, decimated for the Dolphins. You know, he's just become a much bigger part of their pass game. And, and the Dolphins are actually playing, like you said, two tight ends on the field a lot more frequently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree agree with all of that.
0: All right, so let's go to the uh, game lines and the player props. Uh, So last time I looked, Wiz, it was a seven-point spread. Ravens favored by seven. It was 46.5 points as the over-under. Are you looking at anything in this particular game uh, tonight?
1: I am. Uh, I have a pretty strong view on this game as well today from uh, the the line perspective. I really like the under in this game at 46.5, and I'll tell you why. We're really getting deep into the season now where the the teams that play on Sunday and then have to come back Thursday, this is really starting to affect them. I think, you know, a couple of weeks in, it doesn't get that much to you. But now you're talking about nine weeks going into week 10. Both teams played on Sunday. That's number one. Number two. The the, the conditions to the game, it's going to be almost 80 degrees. It may, it's going to be humid. It's going to be some rain in the forecast. This is going to be a very, very difficult game, especially for the Ravens to come in there. These teams, when they come into Miami this time of year, it's kind of a shock to be playing in this kind of weather, this warm. And I just feel it's going to be a type of game where – there's going to be a lot of substitutions, a lot of players getting worn out, a lot of running in this game. I just really love the under 46 and a half. I don't like the side. I could see Miami keeping this close. I could see Miami pulling the upset. I could see the Ravens ground and pounding them for victory. I don't really have a great gauge on the side, but I'm pretty confident under
0: 46 and a half in this game. Yeah. That's an interesting one was I, I I don't, I don't like this game. First of all, I hate Thursday night football. Um, and I basically have stayed away from betting game lines on Thursday night. I'm going to do the same again here. I'm intrigued by what you're saying in terms of the weather and potential rain. I'll have to take a look a little bit closer at that. Um, you know the, the 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 Ravens can definitely slow down a game, if you will. Uh, generally, I'm a, a little bit afraid. I, I personally think this is going to be a tough ch- a tough tough chore for the Dolphins to kind of stay in this football game. I actually don't see them having a chance of winning it. Um, that being said. You know they are home and they do get a game on, on national television, so it could be a different kind of atmosphere. But uh, you know I'm I'm avoiding this game, but I'm intrigued by your kind of analysis uh, on on the on the on the under in this particular game.
1: Yeah, Miami's defense has kind of been you know kind of like been a big disappointment. They played a lot better. I know it was against the Texans, but they just need to carry their momentum over and play better. So uh, and and with the humidity and this type of weather, I, I just think these road teams it, it's – very, very difficult for them to come in there in and, 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 and this type of game. and uh, So that's my view for the under. But uh, why don't you start us off with player props. Is there anything that stands out to you?
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at two only, Wiz, this week uh, for this particular game. Uh, the Dolphins have not been able to run the football at all. When you think about the running backs that these guys passed up on a couple of years ago, I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor or Swift. Um, you know, they've left themselves in a tough situation. It's not a good offensive line, but neither running back can get anything going. 41.5 yards in a game where, if game script goes accordingly, I think the Ravens will be in control of this game. You'll see a lot more passing. 41.5 yards seems a little bit high for Miles Gaskins in, in this particular contest, so I'll be fading that. And, and, Wiz, you know, I think the middle of the field has been vulnerable for. Um, for the Ravens in terms of them on defense. And the one guy that's kind of, I could see once again tonight where, you know, seeing anywhere between 10 and 12 targets is going to be Jalen Waddell. I I like the over five-and-a-half receptions for Waddle. He might not go for a lot of yards. I just think he's going to catch a lot of balls. I I would say the Gasicki thing is kind of close. I really don't have anything on the Ravens' side that I'm looking at. You know, they kind of spread things out a lot. You you mentioned Watkins will be back tonight, how how that affects the rest of the receivers, including Andrews. But those are the two prop bets I'm looking at. Under Miles Gaskins, rushing 41-and-a-half yards, over Jalen Waddle, five-and-a-half catches in this game.
1: You know, what's interesting is, is when you watch the Ravens play, Anthony Averett is the, is probably the worst cornerback in the NFL. He's the guy that Pittman lit up. Everybody, you know, they just target him a million times. One, because he's terrible, and two, because Marlon Humphreys is pretty good, even though Marlon Humphreys got absolutely destroyed by Jamar Chase. Um, so. I, it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure if Marlon Humphreys is going to travel all over the field with Jalen Waddle, but if he doesn't, I agree that Waddle is probably going to have a big game in terms of receptions. If he doesn't, uh, then I think Matt Collins, whoever, whoever Everett is covering is going to have a big game. He just can't cover anybody. And uh, they kind of got to leave him on an island because especially against a team like the Dolphins with Gesicki takes up a lot of coverage and people concerned about him. So I would look at one of the receivers for the Dolphins having a big game, depending if Marlon Humphreys travels all over the field with Waddle. But, uh Irrespective of that, Waddle have a good game, but look for the Dolphins to take advantage of Everett in, uh, in situations as well.
0: All right. Do you have any uh, player props in this one?
1: No, I was looking at the, kind of the same one as you with Gesicki and Waddle, uh, but I, I don't really like doing that against the Ravens because they they potentially could take up so much time of possession. So I'm going to take a pass on all prayer, player props. I was looking at a few of those ones that you mentioned, but for me, the only thing I like tonight is under 46.5 in the game.
0: All right, fantastic. All right, Wiz, that's a wrap-up here as we uh, wrap up our waiver Wire and Thursday Night Football segment. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with everybody as we get ready for Week 10 of the NFL action uh, this week. So I wish you a good rest of the day, Wiz. Enjoy the game tonight. And uh, look forward to catching up uh, as we take on the rest of the action this week.
1: Okay, hey, you got it. You do the same.
0: And again, everybody, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're enjoying the ride through the season. we got another half to go, so don't get lazy. Stay on top of it, uh, and have a good day, everybody.